This is Barry Zalma, speaking for Claim School Incorporated's blog, Zalma on Insurance. Today we explain why an insurer should never, ever lie to the insured, and why intentional misconduct exposed a Florida insurer to punitive damages. Suzanne Cook, the appellant, appealed the trial court's denial of her motion for leave to amend her complaint to assert a claim for punitive damages against Florida Peninsula Insurance Company. In Suzanne Cook v. Florida Peninsula, an August 11, 2023 decision of the Florida Court of Appeals, the dispute was resolved. Following the conclusion of a first-party lawsuit for windstorm insurance benefits, the appellant filed a motion for leave to amend to assert a claim for punitive damages in a proposed amended complaint alleging bad faith by the insurance company. The insurance company allegedly ignored information in its own file confirming coverage for her claim used faulty data when it denied the claim, failed to conduct a proper investigation of the claim, misrepresented the policy and coverages afforded under the policy, and refused to issue payment for coverage under the policy to restore the property to its pre-loss condition. The appellant claimed she suffered actual damages, including but not limited to attorney's fees, public adjuster's fees, expert fees, loss of use and decrease in value of her property, loss of enjoyment of her property, damaged credit, and general damages. She supported her claim because the insurance company, as a business practice, misrepresented pertinent facts or insurance policy provisions relating to coverages at issue, intentionally omitted language to mislead the insureds and avoid paying claims, and failed to properly investigate claims. The appellant provided examples of three other similar claims. The appellant presented copies of letters from the insurance company to two other insureds that were similar in substance to that which it sent to the appellant denying coverage and misrepresenting the terms of their policies by changing and omitting the language that would trigger coverage. In the third example, the appellant presented excerpts from the deposition testimony of a corporate representative of the insurance company stating it did not retain an engineer to properly inspect reported damage on another claim prior to denying coverage. The trial court found there had been a showing of frequency of general business practice of more than three other claims for punitive damages to be asserted and that the insurance company's misrepresentation was just a mistake. The trial court therefore denied the appellant's motion for leave to amend her complaint to assert a claim for punitive damages. A rigorous standard in Florida is applied to a motion for leave to amend a complaint to assert punitive damages. Before allowing a punitive damages claim, the claimant must satisfy his initial burden by means of a proffer. The statute contemplates that a claimant might obtain admissible evidence or cure existing admissibility issues through subsequent discovery. 
The burden of proof at trial with regard to punitive damages amendments provides that a defendant may be held liable for punitive damages only if the trier of fact, based on clear and convincing evidence, finds that the defendant was personally guilty of intentional misconduct or gross negligence. It is not whether the wrongful business practice has already been proven, but whether the plaintiff made a sufficient showing by evidence in the record or proffer to establish a reasonable basis for it to ultimately be found that the defendant engaged in the wrongful conduct as a business practice. What is required is a reasonable showing by evidence in the record or proffered by the claimant which would provide a reasonable basis for recovery of such damages. The appellate court concluded that the appellant's actual evidence and proffered evidence reasonably demonstrated an indication that the insurance company misrepresented coverage and failed to properly investigate claims as a general practice in reckless disregard for the rights of the insured. Intentional misconduct means that the defendant had actual knowledge of the wrongfulness of the conduct and the high probability that injury or damage to the claimant would result, and despite that knowledge, intentionally pursued the course of conduct resulting in injury or damage. The Court of Appeal concluded that there was reasonable inferences and sufficient circumstances submitted to plead intentional misconduct. The trial court was required to determine whether the appellant offered reasonable evidence of a misrepresentation, not whether the mistake was intentional. The trial court erroneously made a factual determination at the pleading stage, and therefore the trial court's order was reversed. In my opinion, there is no excuse for an insurer to lie to the insured. If, as alleged, the insurer intentionally lied to the insured about available coverages and did so as part of a normal business practice to at least three more insureds, it can be and should be subject to punitive damages in Florida. If the appellant proves her allegations, the insurer will be punished for its wrongdoing. This video is adapted from my blog, Zalma on Insurance, which is available free to anyone who clicks on the URL zalma.com slash blog. If you found this video to be interesting, please tell your friends and colleagues about the blog and the videos and let them subscribe to the blog and or the videos. You can also subscribe to Excellent in Claims Handling at locals.com or to my Substack publications all of which require a very small annual fee uh, and will provide you with detailed information about insurance, insurance law, insurance claims, and insurance bad faith. Thank you for your attention.